When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Remember you How do you Sean? fail at adulting? 651-641-1071. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show. My Talk 1071 streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Listen, um, first of all, full disclosure, I hate the word adulting. Yeah, I always, I, I've been trying to figure out where did that word come from? Did it come from just a group of people who became adults and were like, this is hard. We sh- because just adulting is just life, man. Right? right? Life exactly. is hard. It's just responsibility. It's hard, to, it's hard to live life, man. It's hard to be a responsible human being. <laughs> Excuse me. Bless you. Thank you. Uh, but okay. But I am a failure at the business of being an organized, responsible adult. And this was you're a failure. Okay. Well, that I fa- seems I shouldn't little... say that. I fail at I fail at aspects of it. Okay, and uh, and I know I'm not alone. And so we're just going to like celebrate all of our own sort of like shortcomings when it comes to living life as an adult. Six five one six four one one zero seven one. What is the area of life that you consistently seem to fail at when it comes to being a responsible adult. So what's the thing that got you to think you were failing this, uh, this last week? Okay. Weekend? So it's car care. Okay? Oh, okay. Car care. I fail at car care. So I went, uh, in this weekend to get, well, to get my snow tires taken off. Actually. Thank you very much. I was very pleased with that purchase. It seems like an adulting um, behavior. That was the rest of this is not okay. So I'm like, oh yeah, I got to get the new tires put on because you know Memorial Day is about the time when you can get rid of those snow tires and then put the ones on until winter starts again. So I went in to have that done, and while he was under there, he's like, oh yeah, you know, there's this thing that's also like a mess, and also your front brakes are like out. About they're like worn out, and I was oh, like, wow. they are. And I go, I just. I just had those replaced. Yeah. And he looked at me and he goes, that was 35,000 miles ago. And I was like, really? And this is what I realized. As a person who cares for my own car, yeah. I think if I've ever done something oh, ever like you should once, have to do it again. that I've like done I it, that I just did it. I don't yeah. need to do those Like again. I just did that. Yeah. And it all seems like I just did it. That seems like, a, like uh, 35,000 miles only? I don't know anything about cars. That just seems like not very... Well, how many I don't miles know. have you been driving? 35,000 miles? A lot. Like, how long ago was that? I, well, I don't know, because all I know is 35,000 miles. So that's at least seems three like it was years, just two, about, three years. It seems like it was just about okay. a month ago, all right. well. in my mind. But this is the thing. My grandfather kept detailed accounts of what he had done to his car and when he had it serviced, and never did yeah, he go over that. a certain amount of... 
he would always get his oil I keep the receipt done. from my, you know, service and put it in the glove box. Me too. That's the most adulting thing I do. It's about as close as I get as yeah. well. 651-641-1071. And what in what area of being a responsible adult adult do you consistently fail? Reba is on the line. Hello, Reba. Hello, hello, hello. Okay, so how do you fail at adulting? So I now live on my own in my own apartment finally. Congratulations. And I'm Still, thank you. I'm still awful about going out to eat. What do you mean and, you're awful about like, going out to eat? Like I go out to eat all the time or I go oh. home and I don't eat at all instead of making food that I already have at my apartment. Got it. Like, oh, I have like chicken strips in my fridge or, that I can make tonight and I go out to McDonald's anyway. I'm like, oh, well, or okay. I go ahead and do the liquid diet of having a margarita. Oh, look at you. Wow. Yeah, no, solid now, food is a must. To be fair... <laughs> To be fair, Reba, uh, cooking for one is not always easy. It's not because you always know how to cook for two. If you, especially like if you've lived with people for all your life, yes. Then so, you go and live on your own. It's like I don't want this much of this. Uh, exactly. Like, I want to make chili. That's for forty people. Exactly. And I don't want to eat it for the rest of my life. Reba, exactly. thanks for your call. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I did. I, I used to be the same way. Now I have. You know, I have a lot of mouths. I to always feed. think eating for one is so much easier. Really? Like, oh my god, if I just ate for myself every day, then I don't care. Like, I don't care when it, when you have more than one person, then you have to like please whatever their palate is, uh-huh. and like you know they like things a certain way. If it's just me, I will like open a jar of something and start shoving it down my throat. You know, yeah, so. it's great when you're on your own. You can kind of become a semi recluse and just Basically. be seen straight from the can. Exactly. It's not like I speak from experience. I, mm-hmm. You know, uh, adulting, I don't know. It really depends on what you think is being an adult, right? Um, so for me, it would just be like the dumb things that I don't want to have to do, but you just kind of have to do. Yes. Like paying your tabs. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, I completely forgot for months that my tabs were expired. And uh, a person was like, because uh, I, I had to take my car in, and they were like, yeah, your tabs have been expired for a long time. And I was like, what? I didn't get a thing in the mail. And they're like, you don't. You just need to Go get in them and done because there's a date on them. It's just one of those things you have to do. Uh, and I like, I forget that there are those things. Yeah. Holly, is there anything that you fail at when it comes to adulting? I don't answer the phone. Oh. I feel like that is a sign of the times. I mean, I feel like that is 2019. I'm so grateful you don't have to anymore. You really don't have to. Yes, I do. If it's like from the school or one of my children. Uh, But other than that, like. There is nobody that I like. I can't think of anybody that I have to answer the phone for. I will on occasion if I want to. Yeah, if I feel like it. But there's nobody I have to answer the phone for. And then here's even better part. You don't even have to listen to the voicemail. I just do that transcription oh, thing. It's the best. So I don't even have to listen to the no. voicemail. I can just read it and like, oh, move on. Also, <laughs> yes. Also, I'm like, why didn't that person just text me all those words? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to answer Well, the it's phone. probably your mom because, I mean, no, I answer who else my is phone leaving voicemails? I, I always answer the phone for my mom. Thank you. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show... There's a little show called Game of Thrones. It is not a Hasbro game or a Milton Bradley board game. What did I throw? Uh, No, not that. No. Thrones. Like the kind you sit on. Oh, oh no. I 
I think that's on Showtime, right? No. Okay. It's on HBO. Oh. Actually, it's not on anything anymore because you know what? Last night was the finale. Bye. And um, I'm just going to take some time when we come back to tell you I told you so. Oh. After this. Be fun. On My Talk 107.1. I told you guys. I told you exactly how this was going to happen. I told you last week. On the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Hi. Last night was the finale of Game of Thrones. Finally. What did I say last week? Well, uh, that nobody is ever happy with a finale, so watch out. I said, you all are going to come to work on Monday morning. All of those of you who have followed Game of Thrones since the first day, who have been so excited to get to this last season to see what's going to happen, who's going to win the Game of Thrones, who gets to, to bring the, ho- the throne home or whatever. And you're going to be miserable because nobody likes a finale. Yeah. Ever. Turns out. Period. You were right. Because when I rolled in this morning and I was looking through the interwebs, Oh, lo and behold, you're treated to a cavalcade of headlines like this. Game of Thrones series finale recap. A disaster ending that fans didn't deserve. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you guys who wrote that article. Can I get USA Today. Oh, okay. you want a person? I don't. doesn't matter. Okay. That article was written on Thursday of last week. I'm just telling I mean, it you. It could have been, certainly. You can it's predict not, your it point every is, single time. Nobody is ever, ever satisfied with a finale. Let's put it this way. I think people can be satisfied with, you know, I can think of a few shows where people are satisfied. To me, it's that it's usually people have strong emotions about the finale. Mm-hmm. And it's either going to be they loved it or hated it. Because when you are so invested in something and something is so overhyped, because the one thing we can say about Game of Thrones is that it reached uh, a level where, yes, a lot of people were watching it, but not only that, it permeated the pop culture and that so many people were talking about it, even if they'd never watched an episode. Right. That tells you something about a show's reach, right? right? So they're building it up. You know, the culture is literally reacting. You see, like, you know, t- like giant uh, corporations have ad campaigns that revolve around Game of Thrones. You don't have to watch the show right. to appreciate the impact of Game of Thrones. It's it's everywhere, right? So you have all of that building, 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 tension, tension, tension. It's the end, it's the end, it's the end. Eight years, or however many years it was. Finally, something's going to happen. Well, if you are so caught up in that, how could you possibly get everything you need to feel satiated and somehow rewarded for the last eight years? I feel like yeah, they can't. just they just built something that could not have been... Um, resolved in a way that pleased everybody. No. So for the most part, people are going to end up walking away feeling like they were not, um, uh, uh, they didn't get something. It, like it didn't deliver. Uh, resolve. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I honestly was racking my brain to try to think of the finale that has ever been that was as, as hyped, a much hyped finale that people felt sort of universally satisfied with. I and feel I like can't really think of many. The only thing I can think of is I feel like the people who watched Veep, I saw a lot of people talking about how they were happy. They even if, you know, they were they were happy at the end of the mm-hmm. experience, right? Yeah. Um but I, I just think you're it doesn't even matter. 
it really doesn't matter for the people who made Game of Thrones. If people walk away with strong emotions about the series regardless or the finale particularly, they're yeah, happy. People are still talking about it. Yeah. I mean, listen, like if I could phone in an entire year of work and uh, you know, get praised for it or talked about <laughs> for it, that would be great. Because and they, they did, phone, did it phone it all the way in. And you don't have to watch the show to know that. Because we've had a couple different side stories that have indicated that, right? Yeah, and I do I do want um, to, well, we can just talk right now about that dumb water bottle that showed up. Yeah. So there was a coffee cup that showed up, and then there's a water bottle that mm-hmm. showed up in the most recent episode, which that's a whole separate conversation um, that I want to have about, like, do you, okay, you can't see a water bottle? I just, that's the part that I really can't figure out is... How many eyes have seen that by the time it goes to air? Not just the eyes that, you know, do the editing or the continuity people or whatever, but the actual actors in the scene. It seems like, and maybe it's because maybe I'm hyper aware of this. Like, you know, you're doing a period piece. You know that you are living in a world that doesn't have styrofoam coffee cups. It seems like that would be the, and we're rule followers. So like we would have noticed, it seems like we think we would have been like, oh, whoops, I got to move this out of the way. Not only that, but like, hey, how about on the set? No coffee cups. Yeah. Hey, about on the set, if you're going to drink water, you're going to have to use one of these period receptacles because I have news for you. First of all, period piece. Yes and no. Yeah. But like. More like a period where there they didn't were no, have water bottles, yes, exactly. right? But they drank water. Mm-hmm. So, and presumably the people of Westeros drank coffee or some kind of caffeinated beverage. So maybe just put your coffee in a mead cup or what? I mean, I don't even know what they drank. Yeah, in Westeros. chalice. I, I yeah, something. Yeah. Yes, a pitcher. I'm sure. A well. I'm sure your character got thirsty every a twice in a while. Bag? So, okay. <laughs> But my point is like <laughs> too far. You could have easily just created a culture wherein you know you're like okay on the set we're not we don't allow this. I mean, all of us operate. I think to your point within those rules on a regular basis, right? Um, I so that just felt a little phoning it in. Oh, we totally felt yeah. like it, phoning it in. And by all accounts, in fact, uh, I was talking to Alexis a little bit, and you know, Alexis watched this the show start to finish. Um, and I'm sure she's representative of other people. She just felt like they were sort of phoning it in or that it was maybe just, uh, you know, it it kind of was crappy this last mm-hmm. season. Some of it maybe didn't have its full, you know, the same grandeur. And another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. 
What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Which is interesting. And this is the thing that I want to talk about in terms of Game of Thrones. Um, And tell me if you agree or disagree. But it's the ability that this show, which started with a very small audience, Mm -hmm. something like one or two million people per episode, to I think last night's oh I don't know what last night's episode was for sure but I think the last couple episodes were like 26 million wow. people or something like that that were watching this I mean some absurd amount of mm-hmm. people by the end of this series um but by all accounts from the different people who've actually watched it they say that maybe the show was at its best the first few seasons so you have a show which is like great in the first couple of seasons, which grows this audience, not to say that it turned into crap, but maybe didn't hold the same, mm-hmm. you know, elevated story level, but it was still able culturally to grab everybody's attention right. and make you think that this was something you had to stop what you were doing. <laughs> and everybody had to have an opinion about it because it, it so moved and grabbed the conversation. Yeah. You know, it is interesting because I think all too often we have a gripe about shows that seem to up the stakes every single year, every single season. And you go, well, I mean, how are they going to outdo that? Right. And that seems to be what was going on with Game of Thrones. They'd have to up the stakes and then the next season up the stakes again. And there comes a time where you almost get fatigue from that because mm-hmm. the actually, I'll be honest, you guys write this down. What's the date? May 20th. Grey's Anatomy has fallen victim to that umpty foo times where it's like how many more times does there have to be a bomb in the hospital or a mass shooting or another plane crash or every season oh a small child shows up yeah like there's a minute like every season it seems like there's this thing that happens that they have to outdo the next season that's probably why the first two seasons were the best yeah well because they weren't trying to outdo themselves and i had been well we don't have time to make this greater point but i just feel like sometimes shows maybe last a little bit longer because of all of that popularity there is a need to feed that beast yeah yeah when we come back we're gonna feed a different kind of beast we got celebrities behaving badly we call them d-bags on my talk 1071 We've got some celebrities behaving badly to tell you about on the Colleen and Bradley show. My Talk 1071 streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything Entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. We call those celebrities behaving badly. T-Bags. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Who's your D-Bag? Oh my gosh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, appropriate. She's a... She's probably one of the ladies that started this segment. Right. So now to be fair, um, this is based on an article written in Elle magazine online about Gwyneth Paltrow that she doesn't really seem to have been participating with a whole lot. Okay. But I was all in when I read the headline. Why Gwyneth Paltrow has worked hard to make Chris Martin's girlfriend, Dakota Johnson, feel welcome. And I was like, oh, do we have to do this again? Mm -hmm. We have to hear all about how Gwyneth Paltrow, after consciously uncoupling from Chris Martin, uh, has made such a concerted effort to make sure that his the, the new ladies in his life feel comfortable, probably because he lives in her backyard. That's kind of creepy and weird. But it's true. Yeah. She literally he literally lives in 
their pool house with Gwyneth and her new husband. Anyway, I just, I got to read just some of the quotes oh, in for here. Sure. It is very important to her to be on good t- terms with Chris's girlfriends, a source told People magazine. She's not at all threatened by Dakota, and she loves that Chris is happy. She's very secure about sex and relationships and is not competitive in that way. She's very much in love with her husband and loves sharing time with everyone she considers part of her family. At this point, that very much includes Dakota. I just I don't like. Can I just ask an obvious question? Yeah. What is the because? Okay. I don't doubt that there are people who can have legit. I think it's weird. That's a judgment. I'm allowed to have opinions in a judge in a judgment. Otherwise, you wouldn't listen to us from noon to three, Monday through Friday, right here on my talk one oh seven one. So I have a judgment that I think is it's weird when you're like besties with your ex. Can it happen? Sure. I believe in the, that possibility. So that exists, right? Right. Okay. But in terms of specifically Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin, celebrities are always trying to sell us something. Mm-hmm. In the case of Goop, it's very specific what she's selling, right? But what is the point of spreading this idea, this story, even if it's real, even if it's not real, like what is the point of us constantly talking about how she lives her life in an elevated, evolved way that is better than the rest of us? I actually have an answer to this, Bradley. And I think it's like actually kind of a sad and sexist answer. Um, I think that it was right in the words that we just, that I just read to you. Um, where is it? Uh, she's very secure about sex and relationships and is not competitive in that way. Secure. Women are always wanting to be, and I'm putting this in loose quotes because, again, sexist. The, the thought is that, you know, women are always so insecure and competitive with other women. And we're always trying to, like, figure out how to get our confidence up and be, um, you know, more more assertive and and. If we're going to buy Gwyneth Paltrow's products mm-hmm. off of her dumb website, yep. she needs to be able to present this sort of like elevated consciousness. Yeah, so, it's in, so what you're saying is that this storyline is in service of the thing she's purporting to sell online, yes. which is, you know, I am... I am a whole person. I am a better person. I am a growing person. I don't I need am... other people to define me. Yeah. I define me and I bring people in. And I, it just is so like, listen, I don't care. Like if it works for you to She's... be besties with your ex and his new girlfriend. Cool. High five. When I see so many headlines about it, I'm like, boy, this girl is pushing this narrative. To that, I say yes. So, I mean, it makes total sense. So she just wants us to believe that um, we can be those things. Yeah. And what that means is, and this is just like all advertising, because guess what? You're not those things. So what do you need to do in order to be those things? Right. You need to be like her. How do you be like her? You buy all the stuff that she uses. And that's that's the part that I get. That's the part that I get bristly about is that this model operates under the assumption that women just are such sad or, sacks we just can't get our or stuff women together or people but women particularly who can't um handle their ex-husband's shenanigans mm-hmm. are somehow less than and so all you're doing is just breeding this sense of inferiority yeah unfortunately there is a whole market of women who you know are buying into that because again 
I mean, I would imagine her prime target is women. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Who's your D-bag? Oh, uh, this is awkward. Gwyneth Paltrow. That is awkward. She's a twofer. A double scoop of goop. It's a double gooper scooper goopy scoop. So did you know that the goop, uh, her weekend, you know, we talked about the The goop summit, the goop summit that was happening in London. Yeah. Well, the one here happened this weekend. Oh, no, I did not hear about it. And because I wasn't paying attention, because you weren't paying attention, of course, but. Luckily, I was. And by that, I mean, I really just was reading about some of the coverage of this. And it's actually more than just goop that I wanted to take issue with. So they had this summit. And again, it's just it is like the whitest white lady convention in downtown L.A. You could it is like the most L.A. goopy Mm -hmm. Gwyneth Paltrow-y summit-y experience. Mm -hmm. But the thing I wanted to take to task was like some of the other people that were there because they are now feeding off the goop and they are trying to use the goop mm-hmm. to get their own scoop mm-hmm. of the goop. Mm-hmm. Goopity scoop. Mm-hmm. Kanye West. So who was scooping the goop? Well, we've got all sorts of people. Olivia Wilde was there. Uh, Jessica Alba was there. Doesn't Jessica Alba have her she own? She does. She's got the Honest brand. Yep. Um Again, just to remind you, the three-day wellness weekender pass, 4500 I cannot even. And um, so you have these celebrity. Even Taraji P. Henson was there. Now, I think she has a book, which is why she was there. But she's obviously going after that audience. Busy Phillips was there mm, selling a book. That's because she's not busy anymore. Right, because Busy Phillips ain't busy. Because <laughs> mm-hmm, her, her show was her. canceled. Mm-hmm. And they were all on it. Uh, Julianne Huff was there wearing a matching sports bra. Oh, and great. doing a dance class. Um, Kevin Smith was there. Really? I don't know why Kevin Smith was there looking like a hot mess, actually. Um, but so, again, this is big business. So at the end of the day, the reason you're like, well, who cares? They can do what they want. But you got to remember at the at the root, the kernel of the goop is a bunch of phony science stuff that they're trying to pass off as actual science. Yeah, In like fact, hormone you, stickers. Hor- literal stickers mm-hmm. that people say will make you sleep at night, make you think smarter, make, I mean, things that things can't actually do. Mm-hmm. So when people like Julianne Huff, Busy Phillips, mm-hmm. Olivia Wilde, mm-hmm. Jessica Alba, mm-hmm. Taraji P. Henson mm-hmm. show up at these things, they are part and parcel of the problem. And also they are serving a function for goop. And that function is to legitimize it. Yeah. To make it seem mainstream. Yeah, when you got star, star power behind it. What does this sound like? Oh, geez. Oh, wait, no. There's got to be an answer. Tick-tock, tick-tock. Um, no, what does that Dr. sound Oz? like? Taking celebrities uh-huh. to... Scientology! Fr- Thank you! Oh, my gosh. Goop is like... I mean, she's doing, she knows what works is that Mm -hmm. you get a bunch of other celebrities to sign off on your wackadoodle stuff. And then you seem more palatable. You seem more mainstream. You seem more accessible. If you just have, you know, I mean, Taraji P. Henson particularly like, you know, and she doesn't realize she's being used. No. In fact, she probably thinks, you know, she's selling more books out of the deal. But at the end of the day, she's helping to further this. You know, and here I am thinking they just didn't want to spend the forty five hundred dollars for the weekend pass. That's a lot of change. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, 
we've got to finish the loop. Fill fill you out in on the rest of the story regarding the feud between YouTubers James Charles and Taddy Brooks. Taddy. Oh, did I do that again? Toddy Brooks. Toddy McStuffer Pants. As Bradley likes to call her. Yeah. Uh, because this has taken a turn that we did not see coming. <laughs> a after total this 180. On My Talk 1071. Well, it seems like we now have an official roadmap to celebrity in 2019. Thank you to James Charles and Toddy Westbrook. Uh, and the feud that they had. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com, everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. And we started talking about this last week, these two YouTube celebrities who had this feud that quickly got them a ton of attention. But now we kind of have a resolution to the whole story. Yeah, I would say there's like kind of a total 180 in this particular drama that occurred online. A lot of us tuning in like, what's the drama here? Well, we didn't maybe know very much about a James Charles. We kind of did. We thought we did a little bit. Makeup guy on the YouTubes. Probably didn't know what a Toddy Westbrook was. Jeffree Star, who's that? All of these things kind of began resolving themselves this weekend. Now, you know that the essential story here is that James Charles, the makeup guy, uh, gets called out by Toddy Westbrook, also a makeup person, Mm -hmm. uh, a YouTuber. These are two YouTubers. She posts this 40-minute video tirade going off, breaking up with her friend James Charles for doing some heinous stuff. Mostly, mostly because he supported a product that competes against one of her products Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Then she also threw in that he was a sexual predator. Yeah, no big deal. Awkward. Yeah. To say the least. In 2019, we don't just throw that stuff around. Them's fighting words. Yeah. So then for a week, you had this back and forth. I got receipts. Everybody wants receipts. All of the armies of social media uh, followers we're battling it out on social media. Your person's worse. No, your person's worse. She's got receipts. I got receipts. Who's got receipts? I didn't even buy anything. What are receipts? Why are people buying <laughs> things and then needing to show per proof of purchase? I don't know. So that kind of began resolving itself this weekend when Jeffree Star showed up. Who's Jeffree Star, you ask? Well, he's another YouTuber, celebrity, makeup artist, entrepreneur, model, DJ, singer, songwriter. Among wow. other things. He's been around, by the way. Jeffree Star has been around since MySpace. I, I was friends with him on MySpace. You can't just be one thing anymore. Yeah. Anyway, he's like a thing. He came out and he had been on Toddy Westbrook's side. Mm-hmm. And he came out and was like, you know what? I am done with you people. He was supposed to show a bunch of receipts of Jeffree Star or uh, of James Charles being a sexual predator and all this uh, shenanigans and nastiness. And if he's anything like me, like you think you're going to save the receipts, but then they get like shredded up in the bottom of your purse and then you can't even remember why you were saving them in the first place. I mean, who even asks for a receipt in the first place anymore? They Mm -hmm. go, you want a receipt? I'm like, no, I don't want that paper. I'm just going to throw it out. Mm -hmm. No, he was supposed to show up with some proof of some stuff. People thought, okay, here's the next level. He is going to come at James Charles and really end his career once and for all. Well, he showed up and actually did an about face. That's why I said it was a 180. He posted a video that was like, look, I have done things. I have said things. I have participated in things that I am not proud of. I misunderstood a lot. I didn't really know exactly what I was saying. I'm paraphrasing. 
to a large extent. But essentially, what he did was say, um, I don't want to be a part of this drama. I inserted myself in it. I am walking away. I am going to be a better person about this. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. I wish James Charles all the best and I think he's been, you know, so he does that. Mm-hmm. Well, then that was, the you know, all those social media armies are like, what do we do now? Yeah. Well, Toddy Westbrook, she removed her Buy Girl video or whatever it was called. The, the one that started all of this. Yeah. So the 40 minute video that she posted about how James Charles was a horrible human being. She removed that. Hmm. And James Charles came out in a very conciliatory way and said, I've learned a lot. I'm growing. I'm showing. I'm learning. I'm thankful to Jeffree Star, Blobbity Blue. All of a sudden, everybody's like, nothing to see here. We have moved on. We are going to grow and show as adults after all this. So a total 180. Mm-hmm. Just a week later. Now, I know that was pretty quick. That was very quick. But I know you all think, too, like, well, this is just all much ado about nothing, right? Well, it, but it's not really because uh, some stuff shifted in that period of time. Meaning, Charles James Charles lost a ton of followers. Mm-hmm. Toddy Westbrook gained some followers. Yep. Uh, I mean, I think people were really thinking that he was going to be done. At the end of the day, um, to your point, yes, he lost a bunch of subscribers. Um, they were they created websites that would track how many subscribers he was losing because. People were so fixated on like, here's this YouTube phenomenon who became popular, you know, with uh, millions and millions of followers. Now he's losing millions and millions of followers. So and that sort of became the story, Grace, yeah. right? And Toddy Westbrook, on the other hand, was getting all of these followers by calling him out and doing all this stuff. Um, so people were following the numbers. And yes, those numbers shifted. Now his numbers are going back up. I don't know where her numbers are, but he's getting those numbers back. They're not leaving in droves anymore. But behind those simple things, this is the takeaway, behind those simple things, each of these people that I just mentioned to you are worth millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. And their companies, their enterprises rise and fall on Internet celebrity. That Mm -hmm. is that is how they make money. And so at the end of this last week of ups and downs, highs and lows, roller coasters, I mean, honestly, I don't know that they're any worse off. In fact, I would argue that they're all three probably better off. Certainly, Toddy Westbrook's gummy vitamins have gotten a lot of, uh, as have you know the other gummy vitamins in question. Don't get me started on gummy vitamins. 
<laughs> but what I'm saying is that you might think this was all just a big hot mess that nobody should have engaged in in the first place. But I would argue that these people are walking away after a week now having sort of washed their hands of this feeling probably somewhat successful. Uh, yeah, well, especially because I can count one, two, three people in the room who had never even said a, the word Toddy Westbrook until last week. Uh, James Charles, as you mentioned, Bradley, kind of on our radar, but not, you know, not household name style. And now here we are aware of all of them and we know what they do and we know what they talk about. The dust up that they created, whether it was authentic or not, absolutely elevated their uh, the public's awareness of who they were. And now that everything is smoothed over in the space of a week, that's a blip on the radar. So now we'll, they'll move forward with all their newfound followers and all will be well. Exactly. They basically got free advertising. You know, that's okay. On one hand, the adults showed up and they stopped acting because I, I would be very concerned that, you know, I'm going to assume that this was not just completely planned from the beginning. I'm sure there are people out there who believe this was all just one mm-hmm. big, you know, setup. That is very possible. Show me the receipts. To Again, use a phrase. Shredded in my purse. Show me the whatever. receipts. Uh, if that's possible, okay, fine. But that's a different conversation then. But let's just assume for the sake of uh, conversation that this was a genuine dust up that actually happened. The drama was real, even though it might have been the fans might have been flamed. The flames might have been fanned or fueled. Uh, you know, in large part to get attention. Okay, fine. But, but, um, the lesson here is that if you create this drama, it's going to get attention. Yeah. And so even though, oh, I know what I was going to say is that I worried about some of the, if this was real, I worried about, you know, people like James Charles being affected somehow physically or emotionally or Mm -hmm. mentally and all of the people involved. And then like the people that are arguing and supporting. And, you know, I worry about those people because people take things too seriously sometimes. So the adults showed up and they sort of tamp things down. Fine. That's okay. But the problem that I have is at the end of the day, I worry that people saw this behavior. They saw how this all went down. They saw that people gained millions and millions of followers and they're going to want to get in on that. They're going to want to get a piece of it. Right. You see what I'm saying? So it's that at the end of the day, the lesson really here was more of this. Yeah, exactly. That those that like big YouTuber feuds sell. Yeah. Right. And so the idea being that other kind of up and coming YouTubers might take a look at that model and they might actually try to manufacture something to mimic that so that they will get more followers. Yeah, I don't doubt for a second that somebody is out there planning, you know, and I'm sure this happens all the time. It's just that nobody's paying quite the attention that this particular story uh, got paid. So I think it's a cautionary tale. You know, people wonder like, why are you paying attention to any of this? Well, because I have news for you. If we're paying attention to it, that means that um, a lot of other people are and a lot of people who maybe don't have the best intentions. That's true. It's true. And you know what? Like it or don't, YouTube celebrities are like the next wave of celebrity. We focused on television celebrities and movie stars for a long, long time. Then there were reality stars. YouTubers are the new reality stars. Like it or don't. And so that's where the eyeballs are going. Yep. 
And so these people are going to become part of our daily lexicon and they are, they are not necessarily supported in the same way that the TV or movie stars are meaning they don't necessarily have a whole team behind them like movie stars do. So they're kind of like creating their own PR yeah. and this works. Well, and there are companies behind them. Certainly the companies that are ultimately trying to make money and they are the funnel mm-hmm. by which companies use to advertise their products. And and I actually, there's a piece of me that wonders if that didn't necessarily inform how this all got squashed too. Oh, I believe absolutely. Yeah. There were probably people at the companies that were like, okay, you guys need to figure this out because we don't need to drag all of these corporations' names down the drain along with your personality. Right, yeah. exactly. Like, we don't want to suffer as a result. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, what gimmicks do restaurants do that absolutely drive you up a wall? Bradley had a doozy this weekend. What gimmicks do restaurants do that drive you up a wall? We'll talk about it after this on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com slash hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. Hi, I'm Bonnie Curry, one of the narrators on the Abide app, a premium ad-free biblical meditation experience. Join the millions of people who download the Abide app to reduce stress, improve sleep, and experience the peace of God every day. You can text the word PEACE to 22433 for a seven-day free trial of Abide. Just text PEACE to 22433, and you'll likely hear from me again on the app as I guide you through daily meditations or help you fall asleep and experience the peace of God.